0: it'll the
1: A
2: wonderful <laughs> <surprise>. <laughs> there we go yeah you know what i think uh to hell with flipping google and all it's flipping restrictions and all of that bloody um youtube we can't put it on youtube because it's copyright and blah 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 i'm like you know what let's uh forget about youtube and we've got the recording on mp3 and yeah, that was the only reason we couldn't play any of those was because I'm putting it on YouTube and YouTube says no. So, you know what? <laughs> okay, can, uh, we, we choose love. love, right? Don't we? We
1: like to choose love. <laughs> and you know what's so exciting for me too is that that song was um, given to me or the link to that song was given to me with some, by a gentleman called James who I'm now working with in the transcribing department. Uh, and I'm learning to transcribe, so it's even more special. And you didn't even know that. So thank you, sister. You just gave me the sweetest little surprise.
2: There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I I thought it would be a nice surprise. That's why I didn't mention it earlier. I decided that that I decided not to put it on uh, YouTube last mm-hmm. week because I was like, I just can't be bothered. One more thing to put and we'll upload. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to bother. We've got we've got the recordings. We've got the MP3s. Nobody needs to sit and look at this. You know, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> here we are yes and i don't think you know a lot of people go to youtube looking for us or anything so you know it's on the it's on the website just says net. it's always there i've got the mp3 there then it goes on to blog talk radio so there we go plus thinking of that uh next week we're doing tuesday
1: oh very good good reminder
2: that just popped into my head as i was thinking about doing the blog talk thing because it will be a day earlier so next week we will be on tuesday was it 19 20, 1 22 24th then it'll be next week so we should hopefully get to hear from bindi Would be, it, wouldn't that be great oh. that'd be lovely if possible and anyone else that's um you know finding it struggling that wednesday's not working um it's uh, unfortunately it's still the same time we can't kind of pop that earlier because i just can't do it earlier, and also the other thing I want to say now, and I'm going to say it early on, is if we get short of stories and things to talk about, we will cut short. I do tend to get a little bit weary at this time of day. I get up at five o'clock every morning, I leave at five, uh, about six, and I'm not back till like four thirty at the very earliest, and so it's a long day, six days a week. And um, to be honest, I do tend to get a little bit kind of snoozy at this time of the day. And if there's not a whole lot going on, um, you know, it's kind of a bit of a struggle. But if there's plenty going on, if there's lots of people chatting and sharing stories, I'm good. But uh, if not, we'll chop it short. Cause you know, we've, we've no restrictions here. We can go as long or short as we like. So okay. that said, do you have any stories or just things to share?
1: Oh, well, I will tell my story of what I'm, Learning in, I've been experimenting because I so much want to teleport. And uh, That's the, more, cool. the more I'm learning, the more I realize we don't need, any, we don't need anything. You don't need what? Anything. Anything. But, it, intention. Trust in our own higher self. And ask your higher self, which you're very connected to, you know, to take us where we want to go. And it will know where you want to go, especially if you've done a visual. But I think it knows anyways. But I had done a visual of where Bindi was living, and I wish she could get on. I haven't had a chance to check with her. Um, But anyways, I did do it, but I fell asleep after. I, I wished that I had the intention to get to her room. I arrived in her room instantaneously. But then I fell asleep. Whatever happened, I don't remember it. I just remember getting into her room, knowing it was her room, and then I fell asleep. And so I texted her the next day and I said, Mindy, did you happen to, I think I said something like, I could look it up, it's on Skype, but um, I came to to your room last night. And she had felt that someone had gone into her room, but she hadn't slept in her room. She had slept at her parents' house oh i wish she was here to say because she was so blown away she could feel that someone had been in her room so this, this is the practice just keep practicing with each other uh, like i'm coming to see you and the horses next i mean although well, maybe i better make sure that you're not <laughs> i might spoof them because they pick pick up energy pretty easily but uh, yeah well we'll see um but i am going to continue with bindi and she came she was going to come here i did feel her presence twice that i was conscious of and i did two things i took her two places and i hope that she will converse with me and maybe remember those two places i took her to or she may not because again this is a skill it's like everything else it's got to be honed and if you don't practice it consciously and there may be some that have been doing this for years but i haven't not consciously i've just gone to sleep and, and when I go to sleep, I know I'm going into a beautiful world. I already know this, but I haven't gone with the intention or to sit in meditation to go visit someone. So apart from way beyond this universe. And so this is the practice. It seems to me that everything I've done until now has helped me get to that place where I don't care if I ever see anything I own, if I can just keep going around and visiting people and being where I want to be when it's warm or cold. or And the more we learn to just breathe in the elements and not need any actual consumption apart from the breathing. And the breathing is our spirit. So it's like a, it's all coming back to me. Remember the root of, of spirit is Virari, which is for breathing, inspire. And when we're inspired, we're breathing and we're, you know, and when we're expired, we're letting it go. So the gravitational and um, magnetical are the inhale and the exhale, right? It's just a constant infinity. And for us to get on that infinity loop, and we're all so close to it, as we're rejecting the programs and not focusing too much on them, I had another really aha moment. I guess here I go. Um because I have really not been using the legal first name at all. I rejected it since knowing the legal name. But, as yeah. as
2: most of us had for quite some time, we're all kind of like allergic to it for a while, weren't we? Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm pretty allergic to it, but I've had to use it again to get help. So in the cash world, I'm known by both names, and many people are calling me by the legal name. And the first class, of rah, 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 and then I, I realized because we were talking about what you focus on continues to haunt you. And I don't want to be haunted by any of this now because I want to just free all of us from all of it because it's enough already, you know? I don't know how else it's going to change. Is going to make us all millionaires? I don't think so, it's so hierarchical. I hope it would not be that way, but to me that's how it appears. Um, Everything has got hierarchies or legalese in it except It's just sound and light, and we are sound and light. We've got trapped by words, by the spells, right? So to really free ourselves is to go really internally, do the self-discovery, be. So that's what I've been going through. Meanwhile, I'm attending minimum six hours of classes, six days a (laughs) week. Whoa, that's That's a lot.
2: That's a lot of focused attention. On um, stuff coming and I, right
1: and I can't quite crochet myself through it anymore because I'm right there and I'm excited by it and everything I'm learning is very exciting so I, I am thrilled to be doing that but I don't even want to look at anything that's just I do tell this person or I hate that person or this is it's like whoa let's just get out of all of this mire and get into a place of true love and, and appreciation for everyone, but knowing everyone has got to do this on their own. It's like don't you can't walk barefoot for anyone. I wish we could, but if you can teach them how to walk barefoot, and that's pretty easy. <laughs> take your shoes off. So now we have to take our baggage off. And we know we all have baggage and <laughs> let it all go and go forward. And and everybody's got their own baggage. Nobody doesn't have baggage. So to think that someone's baggage is less or more, it's what we're always doing to each other, just let it all go and just go forward into the hydrogen and the nitrogen and, and get into Mike Adams. He's got this great thing called alimonics. It shows you the or the sounds. They may not be perfect, but they sure can get you into a groove. And that's all around us. We don't see it. It's invisible, so we don't think it exists, but that's our thinking again, but remember the thought pollution? <laughs> That's what keeps us trapped to this level this dimension is the thought pollution so there's my rant. <laughs> that's what I'm going through but it's wonderful it's really wonderful
2: yeah no that sounds really great I mean it's it's a lot of um, you know focused time and I know you have a lot of like so-called time frame thing because a lot of this stuff's coming in from Europe so it's very kind of early oh yeah it's I middle night. That. This morning I
1: started at
2: 2 a.m. You will be kind of worn out too and falling asleep. So yeah. that's just me. So folks, we're going to have to get entertained here. we have just entertaining you because we might need keeping awake. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, the, the two of us uh, kind of like, you know, going to be uh, sleep, uh, short of sleep. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be sitting here like, trying to watch a video or something next thing I, I wake up from having fallen asleep in the chair and I'm like well I'm gonna to have to go to bed now then aren't I because it's, it's just hopeless so yeah that's kind of going on there's not a lot of time for you know loads of other stuff but of course we love to connect with our our family here, and share anything we have, which that was a really beautiful sharing because of, I mean, the teleporting is a wonderful thing to focus on, and like you say, it's a way of freeing ourselves if we can teleport now. And the other one is that I often talk about is this: the, the stopping consuming as much. Now, I've definitely recognised that I don't need to eat very much. I often I'll eat stuff just because I like the taste of stuff, but I have, I, you know, and I got here and I'd had the whole summer kind of pretty quiet and I had gained quite a lot of extra weight and I didn't want to be carrying that around. So I, I, I dropped it and I dropped it pretty quick and doing it the way I did it was very healthy, but yet it's proved to me that I don't need to eat very much. I really don't. Two meals a day is enough. Breakfast at noon. And a meal when I come home, that's all I need. That's it. I don't need anything else. And um, so really basically anything else I eat now is for pretty much just for pleasure. And I really want to stop that habit. That's a habit. It's a total habit. If we could stop consuming and we could teleport.
1: And I learned something today that was so amazing. Is that the breath that we take in? Is, mm-hmm. Let's say we go by, well, they used the example of a barbecue, so I'll use it because it was good burn. So the, the smells of the barbecue going into your nostril, goes into your lungs, and actually gives you as much nourishment as whatever is being barbecued and you eat and digest. And it's the combination of the two the, the digesting and the inhaling of it that creates some kind of intel- greater intelligence with us. So it's trying to understand, can we actually consume the air and imagine that same thing without having to eat anything? Just imagine. As yeah. We through our breath and through our mouth and drinking plenty of water. I think
2: definitely that. I think the breath, that's a really good reminder just in general. I'll often find myself sort of busy and I'm like, I need to take a breath. <laughs> I find myself like holding my breath or just not breathing. I'm like, I need to take a breath. Um, but basically breath, sunlight, barefoot. I think they're the main nourishers. And again, when we can drop those beliefs that are making us believe, cause you know, there are certain levels of awareness that we do need this nutrition. I'm mean, going I've got a lot of nutrients here to nourish this beautiful vessel. When I get it in tip top condition and I can drop those beliefs that I need these physical things, yeah, it is pleasurable. I, I you know, cooking and making things, all that stuff, it, it is enjoyable. So I wonder if we can get to a point that we do occasionally eat things just for being creative and enjoyment or not.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to unfold, but I do know it is changing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take a while. I mean, yes. Yeah. I, mean, I love my coffee and cream. Are
2: you kidding? Right. Me? <laughs> sure. Exactly.
1: Um. And and yeah, really. It's, it's but, a necessity.
2: When we start to have these kind of awarenesses, recognitions, like what I did when I got here, I had this protocol which did have me eating a lot less shorter period of time like first time you ate in the day was noon and then the last time was like five or six o'clock in the evening and that was it then then you have a long fast of 16 18 hours and then there was one day uh, i didn't eat for 24 hours and it did prove to me that i'm not literally addicted to eating i can stop i chose i needed to do this and i chose to do it and i was able to do it and i was actually quite impressed with myself um so these Addictions, when they're not literal, when you can actually just mind over matter, sort of thing, and say, Right, I'm not going to eat anything from here to here. And you can actually do it. That means you're not physically, you know, like there's like drugs and nicotine and caffeine and stuff like that. I don't have any of those. I have a habit of like, Oh, what can I eat now? What should I snack on now? I just want one little, one little small thing to put in my mouth. It's a habit. And I do think that going back to what I wrote about and I shared last week on the show about my vision of living in the woods and living with nature and sharing and like between ourselves and uh, with nature and ultimately eating less and less. And I did have that that was written in that that whole kind of thing that I became I, to me. I do feel that is, that is within the realms of possibility that we could get to that, that we would sun gaze at sunrise and then sunset. We would walk barefoot as, all day long as we can. If there's something going on that we need some foot protection. But for the most part, I feel barefoot is a, I love being, I hate wearing flip am all day long. I, I often take them off and empty the shavings that, like, oh, no, so all sticky Oh. Um, So, yeah, I love being barefoot. Uh, I do feel that it is within the realms of possibility that we could do that. But again, those beliefs are so powerful. Like, we believe we can't transport ourselves from here to there. You're starting to break that belief. We believe we need these nutrients to keep this body going and alive. Those are beliefs.
1: They are, and it may be that we are just the teachers for the kids, because we may be too programmed to read. I, mean, I don't even want to put that in, so I'll just retract, edit, outdo. But the, the children are, 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 you know, I saw beautiful pictures of uh, Lotus's kids, and I, I saw my granddaughter's birthday was yesterday. And, and it's just amazing when you see their potential, and they're growing so quickly and so fast. And you think, okay, well, they may be knowing it. You know, we were talking about also, oh, the computers, these kids are so savvy. (laughs) We don't want them to be outside playing, but they can understand a program or a game. Right. Yeah. They may be preparing for, for launching into space, you know, so...
2: And Anything's possible.
1: <laughs> anything is possible. This is it. I mean, and we are the ones that put the limits on ourselves. That's right. And, I mean, we've had a lot of help to have those limits. Um,
2: we've been programmed, I, right? Yeah, we've been We've, <laughs> we've been well programmed. Yeah, you know, we're, we're I okay. notice programs all day long now. I see them. I see myself in them, and then I'm like, okay, but I see other people in them big time and i'm like you're doing something i wonder if you know why you do that i, I see it all the time now and I, I i acknowledge each one i'm like okay i i'm kind of kind of defiant to things like that now i <laughs> will do it you know this is the way we do it and i'm like well i'm not doing it that way you might do it that way but i'm not <laughs> i'm getting a little bit defiant like that um and it is, it's, it's cool because I don't do any harm by it. You know, if, if, if there's something that would upset somebody because I wouldn't do it the programmed way, I, I won't upset somebody. But at the same time, sometimes I'm positive I'm if I'm going to do it like that because that's just a program. There's no reason, there's no good reason in the world to do that. So I won't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think we'd be, this is the awareness that we have is that we have become aware of what's a program. And most of the things we 've been doing all our lives are programs, and when we can get the awareness and we 're doing things and we 're like, "Why am I doing this, and why am I doing this like this?" when we can answer that logically and in a way that we recognize that i 'm doing this because it 's a program i 'm doing it because this is the bloody well best way to do it there 's a very different way it 's a very different uh, way to, to see it is, is to know that difference. And um, I kind of very subtly point things like that out. And wow. I ask people questions I'm like, can I ask a question? I see people doing this like this. Here's a, here's a really simple example. We have bandages that go on the horse's legs for protection. And they, they do them up with Velcro. Velcro is really cool stuff. And nearly everyone... You have to roll the bandage up to put it on as you know like you know when you put a bandage on yourself so the velcro goes on the inside and then you roll the put the bandage on the horse's leg and then you do the. well everybody does the velcro up inside the bandage first so you do the they do the velcro up then they roll it up and then you roll it you, you put it around the horse's leg and you get to the end and then you got undo the velcro and for me that is like a total waste of time and it loses my flow when i get to the end and i have to rip the flipping thing and undo it and i'm like why do you do that oh we've always done it that way well why well you know if if if, if you don't do that way if you don't roll them up like some people uh might roll the bandage the wrong way round, and then it's on the wrong side it's not a good enough reason for me for me it's it's like it makes it one, it's a waste of time. Two, it does a bad job of the bandage. Three, it's completely unnecessary. It's just a very small example. But a lot of people just do it because they've always done it that way. And I'm like, why do it that way? In fact, it's like stupid to do it that way. <laughs> you know, there's so many things like that.
1: Well, I think they also get into a group. I, like, I have friends that always go from, one, from here. There's two ways to get to the Eastern Shore and one is always driven a much longer road than is necessary but it's so into the groove that she can't get out of the groove that would actually save her gas money and time but she's just into that groove because the bridge that's is- what I've always gone. yeah and now she's breaking that groove but it's it's taking time and it's only by being pointed out gently that you know there's a way to go that's Faster and cheaper, and so, but it's grooves. We get into a, path, a groove, or right. This uh, I've always gone, so I'll go this way rather than trying a new way.
2: I like new ways, yeah. You do. <laughs> I like, um, oh, there, there was another one that this is again, it's like boring stuff, but horse they, they have these um, little pads that go under the saddle, it's called a saddle pad. And I was actually kept mine kind of flat but they fold them like in quarters here to put them on the shelf. And one day I was in the laundry room and somebody had taken some of ours out of the jar. There's two sets of groups in this barn and somebody had taken ours out by mistake and realized they weren't ours. So they left them there, but they'd fold them a completely different way. And I was like, that's, that's stupid. Why, why have they folded them like that? And then, then I looked at it and I'm like, wait, hmm, that's interesting. Actually lies that way folded on the shelf from the way, I've been doing it and that like, people have been doing it before me and I kind of followed them because that's the way they did it and I asked the one of the uh the one of the girls in on the other side that you know had something to do with that and I said did you know can I ask you about these uh, the way they're folding the saddle patch?" she said yeah it, they they just stack up a lot better this way and there was a Swedish girl here and she did it that way and we thought it was good and I said yeah I think it's really good too I'm going to do it like that now and I'd been doing it the other way for a long time. And I was very open to this because it was better. Yeah. And I wasn't saying, well, that's." first of all, I was like, that's weird. Why are they doing it like that? And then I was like, but wait, that looks kind of better. I'll ask her about that. And then I decided it was better. Now I'm doing it that way because I thought it was better. It wasn't the way I was doing it, but it was better. So I like my i've got to the point that i'm very open to new things and instead of staying stuck i stay stuck in some ways because like for me it's better if i see another way i'm like is that better no i don't like that that one i like this one and being open and aware of your choices why have i chosen this and why haven't i chosen that i've got a reason for it because I feel it's a, it's more practical or whatever. Because I'm, everything I'm doing at the moment is all practicality. So about being efficient, quick, tidy, you know, that's what I have to do all day long. So I have to make choices for things of, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't got any stories. That's why I was saying earlier, I mean, you hear me blathering on about what I'm doing with horses all day. You know, there's another thing I, for me, it's obvious they, there's some horses that need their their meal wet and they were bringing the buckets where they mixed the the feeds up in and then they were putting the water in the buckets and then pouring the whole thing into the horse's feed tub and i thought why don't you just put the water in the feed tub and then pour the food in and it's wet they don't have to wash the whole bucket up saves so i mean i was on my own so i was like i do things efficient way and they're like that's a really good idea i did even have thought to that <laughs> for me it was obvious to do it like that you know just like practical stuff so i mean that's why i'm just saying these are the only sort of stories i've got at the moment because this is what i'm doing all day long
3: okay I'll, i will show, share a story of Thank you. some of mine <laughs> 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 i'm looking at you and you'd like saying, well, why so anyway since we're talking about things being done and everything like that back in the day for 10 years i worked in the uh, in the operating room as a scrub nurse and so it was thank goodness that was when only job training was like the best thing that could have ever happened to humanity in my in, in my mindset so it allowed people to get a job that they were learned how to do the job instead of saying well okay uh if you don't have the credentials you can't do this so forth and so on so anyway I had to go through all of the training and everything like that with um, reading all of the cards of the doctors and the surgical procedures and what they wanted on their table, so forth and so on, and what to do with all of the dirty instruments and so forth and so on. So anyway, once I got started in it, I started paying attention to what the doctors were doing. In every case that they were doing, I started paying attention to what they were doing what sutures they were going to be using, what sutures they were using, so forth and so on. And it was up to the uh, circulating nurse to make sure that all of those sutures were on the table. So in the very beginning, I had the most important utensils up on the the tray, which is right in front of me. And so I had all that up there, but I also had... um, thread that was needed for, for bleeders and stuff like that. So there, everything's on a spool. All that was always up there ready. I also had one suture and a needle holder that was ready just in case. So that, those things were important, wet um, cloths and stuff like that, and also bandages on a – it's called a lollipop, which holds onto the, to the bandage and everything like that If they have to go in and sop up moisture and so forth and so on. So I got to the point that I said, it's necessary for me to look in there and see what they're doing so I will know what to have ready for them. So the scissors, uh, suture scissors always went to the attendant, but not to the doctors or anything like that because his job was to cut, cut sutures. Once they were, he was told to cut. As far as everything else, they would always <clears throat> ask for what they wanted. So I got to the point wherein by paying attention I was watching what they were doing. I had in my hand what they were going to need before they could even ask for it. And so the doctors would turn around and look at me and just go about, about his business and doing what he's doing. Somebody else would say, I need, I'm saying it's right there, it's in their hand, so forth and so on. And I came to the realization that if you're not paying attention to what's going on there, you won't know what to have ready for them when they need it. And especially if there's an emergency and something needs to be done already, you don't have to take the time to thread a needle, put it on a clamp, and then get ready to hand it to them. So those are the things that I found that were very, very important. So I did that for 10 years. And um, it's just interesting that if you don't pay attention to what's going on, then you won't know what to have prepared in an emergency like that. And that I thought was very, very crucial. So... We all find ways to do things that makes it easier for ourselves and also for the others as well that are in that um, that situation along with you. So that was a very, very rewarding uh, job that I had, but I got bored with it and I left. <laughs> <laughs> you had some
2: interesting jobs, Lotus.
3: Let me tell you something. I've been places that, you know, because when I, when I told them that I was getting ready to leave and everybody says, well, you've been here for 10 years. Why are you why are you leaving? You can stay here and retire. I'm like saying I'm bored. Everything is the same. You know, everything was so much of the same thing because in the early sixties, early seventies, you didn't have the diseases that we have now. Right. Things were so minor. Very seldom did you get a cancer case. Very seldom did you get a breast cancer and prostate cancer and stuff like that. Most of these were accidents. People who had, um, Situations that needed to be taken care of and so forth and so on. But this stuff that you have here now is like unbelievable. So I, I got bored because there was nothing. What I liked about working in the operating room as a scrub nurse, it was an adrenaline rush. It was exciting. And I got a rush from being there, especially when you're on call and you get called in at the middle of the night and you don't know what you're going to run into when you get there. You just had a half an hour get there, get your table set up, and boom, you're ready to go. So, I mean, I enjoyed that. So, anyway, I said, I can't do this no more. So, I was foolish enough to, and I always tell myself I was foolish enough to do it, but I realized had I not done what I did, I wouldn't be where I am today. But I went and joined the military. My mom had a hissy fit. She said, why are you doing this? I said, well, me and my husband, we had separated and I said, I always wanted to do this and you wouldn't let me. So now I'm old enough to do it. I'm going to do it. So she said, I don't know why, but anyway, so anyway, she took care of the kids. I went into the military. I learned so much about what the army was all about. Oh my goodness, gracious a And I have to be grateful that I was old enough when I went in there to be able to understand all of the nuances and all of the mind control that they were trying to trying to put on the young people was easy for them to brainwash them the older ones it wasn't that easy because you could see through everything that they were doing so I was fortunate enough to be in Germany for two and a half years and so I decided I would just do another six months to come back and see what stateside was about I came back to stateside. Stateside was like, I'm like, never, ever in a thousand years will they ever get me to Mm re-enlist. So when it was time for me to get out, they kept on asking me, well, we need you to stay. We need you to stay because you have your stripes now. You know, you're a sergeant. We need you. And I'm like, Sam, nope, can't do it. Well, we'll give you X amount of dollars. I said, nope, can't do it. I said, I've got to go. She said, well, we're going to be so sorry to see you. Go. you sure you can't change your mind? I said, Mm-mm, it's not happening. So anyway, I left that. That was when, uh, when I got out. It was in 1981, 1979. So I uh, decided I was going to try and find a job. So I wind up working at Bally's because Bally's was, had not opened yet in Atlantic City. So it's just now starting to open. So I got a job there as security officer. So I'm like, okay, this is fine. The money back then was very, very good. Compared to what you have now, the money you made then and the prices of what things were, you made a damn good living. Now with what they were making at that time, it wouldn't have been peanuts for nothing. So anyway, I stayed there for two and a half years. And... I got fired there, but that was a blessing too, because I got fired because they wanted me to try and get my squad to sign up for the union. And um, I always said that a person had a right to make their decision if they wanted to sign up for a union or not. And I was told that I either told them what to do or else I was get si- tired, fired. And I'm like saying, you know, each individual has a right to choose whether they want to sign up for a union or not. And I'm not going to push it. So anyway, I got fired. So again, that was the best thing that ever happened because <laughs> I was on unemployment for almost a year. And I saw an ad in the paper for an aerobics instructor. So you see my life where my life is going. <laughs> so I went and applied for the job for the aerobics instructor. And they said, well, okay, what you have to do is you have to create an um, a exercise. And then we want you to come in and teach it. And then we will let the class decide if you're good enough for us to hire you or not. So I'm like saying, okay. So I had two weeks to get that together. Because the whole while I was working at Bally's, I used to go and exercise um, during lunch break as opposed to going to the cafeteria and eat. So, and I used to run on a boardwalk first thing in the morning too. So I was like saying, yeah, okay. I can see what I can get done. So I got everything together, went and did the class. Everybody was happy. So he says, okay, I'm going to give you the job. So... What I did not know that came along with the job was that it was my duty to coerce people to sign up for, to join that club. And that's something I cannot do. I cannot push someone to do something that they do not want to do. So I said to Dennis, I said, look, this is not my cup of tea. I cannot force someone to do something that they don't want to do because you want to make money by having more people come into your facility. I said, I'm sorry, but I just can't do this. So I managed to go to another gym and I worked there for, for quite a while until I saw an ad in the paper coming from Philadelphia because I was living in Philadelphia when I was going so I'd been in New Jersey, Philadelphia, everywhere. So I was living in Philly going back and forth to New Jersey every day so it wasn't too bad of a, of a commute and i was also working at Ancora hospital which is a mental institution in new jersey for the mentally ill so i was teaching them exercise too that was interesting if i must say so because you have people there who are in different areas within their mind and a lot of them did um do some of the exercises they did what they could So that was good. And that's all I wanted them to do was do what they could. So that worked out really, really well. So I wound up getting a job because there was an ad in the paper for training um, personal trainers. So I went and applied for the job. They said, okay, well, what we'll do is you have to give us two weeks of your time and what we will do is train you, and then we will test you. And if you pass the test, then you can work for us. So I went up there, and I got trained by exercise physiologists, which is the best thing I could have ever done, because they taught me things that all of these um, places where people go to get their, um, their licenses from and their permits and stuff to uh, certifications from, they don't teach you anything like what the um, exercise physiologist taught, taught. So that too was good. So I was in the fitness industry for 25 years as a personal trainer, which is a long time. But Wow, honey. Wow. That job to me, when I first started doing it, I knew I had found my niche. That's how come I stayed there as long as I did. I knew I had found my niche. And I stayed there until, what was it, 2012 is when I left. Because that's when things started to change in the fitness industry where people were doing all of this CrossFit stuff and this jumping up and down and having 145 pounds on your shoulders and jumping up and squatting down. I like saying, people are going to get hurt. I said, I got to get out of this. Because there was so much competition and everything like that. People saying, oh, well, you know, we're going to do this and you're going to do that and we're going to be better than you. And I'm like saying, you know what? This is just not necessary. It, it wasn't my cup of tea. And um, I uh, also used to do bodybuilding. So I've, I've been, <laughs> when I say I have done a lot of things, I have done a lot of things. I did that for for seven years. And that, that was really, really great. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. So And and that's why I did it. I did it for the fun because I saw it as a way to be in a situation where you learn what food does for the body and what food can do to the body and how just because you look one way, that's the way you have to stay. It all depends on your mindset if you tell yourself that you can do. When you tell yourself you can do, because I always used to tell all my clients, can't does not exist. Don't say you can't, because when you say you can't, you won't be able to. So I said it's not in my my vocabulary, and it shouldn't be in your vocabulary either. So, you know, that's what I did. So now I'm just this little free bird flying around and I I do know how to um I changed my eating habits in a way that was outside of the box like with a whole lot of other people um I was vegetarian the whole while that I was uh I I went vegetarian while I was in the military because of my mom she uh when I went home to see her she gave me a book she said read this I read the book it made sense to me so I said okay that's it so some of the meats and stuff that I was eating, I cut them out. So anyway, as time went by, I just always prepared my own food. No matter where I went, I always took my own food with me because I got to the point that I did not like eating out in restaurants or places like that. So I always prepare my own food. I'm on a road trip. I have a cooler in the back. I have my blender with me <laughs> and everything that I was going to need. So I always make sure I had what I needed to keep me healthy and I just found that it was the best thing I could have ever done for this vessel because it made me feel 100% better. And the one thing I can say is that when I did go um, and change my eating habits, the one thing I had given up was just about everything that had anything to do with, um, let me close your ears, anything that had to do with, um, (laughs) with the animal kingdom okay so (laughs) so when I did things changed in my mind in my head and I could not believe the changes that happened and I remember one day walking outside the door and I was walking down the street and there was this little sparrow on this side of me walking beside me I looked at it, it looked at me, and I could see so inside that bird. And I'm like saying, oh, my God. Now I totally understand the connection that we have with everything that is here. And that was my wake-up call right there. And I'm like saying, this is amazing. And I started seeing hawks everywhere, and I started seeing crows everywhere. Anytime I was on a road trip, the crows were always along the roads, and I could always hear them calling like, I always say those are my buddies up there you know so this is what changing what I was eating did for me and it opened me up in a way that I don't think I would have ever opened up had I not taken every path that I have taken so I never saw anything that happened as a mistake I just saw it as a stepping stone to take me up to where I needed to be and I'm still on that path of a stepping stone taking me to where I needed to be. So that's what I wanted to share. And I'll tell you this come March 6, I will be 72 years old. Oh, girl. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> look at you. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a dab at 40. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but I've I i, I I've always enjoyed where I was within my life, and I saw so many, so many young people complain about, oh, I'm getting old, I'm getting old, and I'm getting older, and I can't stand getting old. And I'm like saying, age is just a state of mind. I said, you are who you are. You keep on saying you're getting older. You're going to get older because you're bringing it into you by saying I'm getting old. I'm like saying... You are who you are and just, you know, own it, cherish it, and just hold on to it and be everything that you can be. And, you know, as long as you feel good, you keep moving. As long as you keep moving, you're going to be fine. So that's my life. You have had a very interesting life. And I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it. I have appreciated every step that I have taken to get where I am right now.
2: Yeah. You're an inspiration.
3: Yeah. Oh. You know, all of you are inspirations. I think we're all inspirations for, for all each of other. You. Yeah. Yeah. We learn so much from each other. And that's the name of the game is, is learning, camaraderie, and everybody just, you know, Yes. working together and everything like that to make where we are even better and to just focus on getting out of this mess that we have stumbled into and now that we know what it is to climb out
2: right yeah being aware of what it is and making our own choices as to what to do with what we've learned and what we've discovered and each one of us has a different route and that's the beauty of it is that we can all choose which way to go through it and and what way to um maintain the, the physical vessel right i mean each one of us i mean i'm currently you know doing work in this job to the frns but ultimately my choice is to go and live with nature as best i can and reduce the need for these this this artificial stuff which at the moment is needed to exchange for all the things we kind of need but ultimately i'd like to get beyond that or minimize that to the greatest degree. So. I think we all have to make choices. I mean, that was one of the questions or within the group of questions I I put in one of the, the last couple of shows is like, you know, what's different for you now that you know about this fraud, that you know that you're being traded, you know, that you are being sucked. I mean, that's the other thing. It's not just in this physical world. It's energetically. It's, it's spiritually, the whole thing about the spiritual contracts, you know, once we complete those or, you know, some people like to say we end them, but i like to say we complete these, these agreements and contracts with those beings, then the energy is is less. That it's not sucked so so strongly or so much. But you know, it's. I mean, the whole thing is just like, what should we do? And like sometimes you're like, if you're in this bliss, you like, you can't go back to that, not knowing all that stuff, right?
1: No, <laughs> yeah, once you know something, you know something. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And you can't, I mean, you can, you can go back to using the system again when it becomes the, you know, your best route, but you can't go back to sort
3: of just
1: not being aware of it. Yeah. The awareness will always be there. Exactly. What what you have to do with it to, to get through this system is what each and everyone has to decide to do. But I I do want to add here, We are here to help each other, but each and every one of us also has to work at helping ourselves. And anytime someone becomes unable to really give to those who are around them, who are also helping them, it needs to be examined. Um, I know I didn't think I was a problem when I was living at people's houses and had no money to pay rent, but it's certainly changed how I was treated. And that's treatment I don't want. And in our system you have to kinda be able to pitch in. If you're in a household, you gotta pitch in on some level. Mm-hmm. Only a hundred dollars a week or if it's the dishes for everybody and the laundry. I mean there are exchanges that need to happen. Ideally it's not financial, but if you can't contribute financially on some, you know, a bill, a hydro bill, a Parts. Then, what are you to? If you're not a kid, and you're not Cena, you got to be able to give.
2: Yeah, you got to be able to contribute, right?
1: Contribute, contribute. Yeah, because and cooperate. Mm. And and coming back to better ways, it comes back in in every household I got to spend time in. Their way was the only way, and. I got that really clear because my way was the only way when I was doing my thing.
2: Your household, yeah. And,
1: and so I had to really look at how we we are like that, you know. Uh, I might hang my clothes up a certain way. You might hang them turned around. You might put some all these different little things depending on how close what space when you're alone, when you live on your own. None of that. Matters. It, it could, depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. But no one's going. You're not going to change the rhythm of other people. Like when I lived on my own, I would do my dishes once a day. But now, when I live with others, I do my dishes all the time. So that I, and any other dishes that are at the same just to keep them flowing, because you know you only have so many and it looks nicer and it's nicer for whoever else comes in it makes
2: sense too yeah with those, others around you
1: cooperating and understanding co-operating,
2: yeah cooperation is a beautiful thing actually um, consideration cooperation um, contribution yeah. all of that acknowledgement when you're living with others and, and awareness of others around you where When leaving your dish in the sink might be an issue for somebody else, so why do it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and all kinds of awareness when you're cooking. If there seems to be like enough, then make it enough for two or three. Even though you could easily eat all of that. What's there? Think about. Well, you know, this is by three, so
2: and
1: and. It's not like we need again. Food is a habit; it's a comfort, it's not really necessary. Everything we need is out here, and in here. Everything within us can transform. Everything—that's what's so amazing to me. Yeah, I know. You know. You just think, wow. This human body, and and the way we were taught about the human body is not essentially know, As we more and more understanding of the plasmatic fields and how the emotions affect your well being. The kidneys, the liver, the they're all affected in, in, in how if we're constantly blaming others or uh, there are issues that will come up within your own body. And mm-hmm. broken heart. And talk about your broken heart a lot. You might end up having a nose like mine with a <laughs> And so you have, okay, work to do here. And it is all about working on ourselves for the benefit of humanity. Because mm-hmm. as each one of us perfects who we are, and we're already in some ways perfect, but we got the, we were born perfect, but the programming made us believe we were not. And so to undo all the programming, all the beliefs, and bring us back to the innocence of a child, the pure innocence, the pure one that does have the imagination to go, Yeah, I can jump over this fence, or Yeah, I can do whatever I want. And then as we take that out, so just coming back to who we really are, which is source energy. If we are made, start us and from source, then there's nothing, there's nothing we can't do.
2: Yeah. Oh, amazing. I mean, when we're self responsible, that's another one that keeps popping up that's very important to remember that being self responsible for exactly. all of our actions, for our ultimate um, caring for our physical body, we really do have to have that ability to be responsible for our own health and wellness and our so called needs. Right. Yeah. And, um, um, but then you see, I, from that, um, there's a, a brilliant book called the end of all evil. And I've got that posted up on truth Prevails always. Dot info. Um, and one of many brilliant little phrases, quotes and information in there, um, is a quote that says there is no authority on earth that can rightfully govern your life. Now, I've got it on a lovely, pretty little thing. It's actually on the um, Legal Name Fraud uh, group. But I just wrote that. My Facebook's got this new thing. is if you're within a certain number of um, uh, letters or whatever, it prints it bigger. And I just put that in the other morning. day before yesterday, I think it was. And I just wrote that out there. There is no authority on earth that can rightfully govern your life. Every time I put it out there, whether it be the picture or like that, it gets the most likes and shares and reactions or whatever beyond anything else I ever put out. It was as of yesterday, there was 40 likes as of today it's 50 and on it's going. And this shows me, although most of the people I'm connected with on Facebook are people that are awake but there's even a few people that are just like what I call normal people. People <laughs> like, <it>. people, like <laughs> people know that in their hearts, that there is no authority on earth that can rightfully govern your life. People know this in their hearts. They, they know it, but they don't do anything about it. But when they see that, they like it because they know it's true in their hearts. So that to me is very, very, very interesting. Every time I post it up, the same thing happens. People like it, because they know it.
3: (laughs) What I find with a lot of people, the reason why they see things that they like and why they won't or can't for whatever reason, grasp it and take it in is because of the relationships that they have with other people. And it's one of these things that, well, if I jump on board, then I'll be stranded out here all by myself and all these people will leave me and I won't have my friends anymore. But I look at it this way. If your friends are your friends, they're going to be your friends no matter what. If they're not going to be your friends because you've changed the way you see the world, then that's on them. You're better off without them. So like with, <clears throat> excuse me, what I post, I just open the whole thing up to, to public because I look at it this way. I have, I know so many of the people and I'm like, if they don't like it, it's too bad. They don't have to, they don't have to look at it. They don't have to read it or whatever the case may be. So I just put it out there. And you know, I always say, well, I wonder who's seeing this and who's not. And then I sometimes say, well, you know, every now and then I'll get some feedback about, okay, if it's dogs and cats, yes, okay. But if it has anything to do with the government or the legal name fraud or anything like that, phew, you don't hear nothing. Phew. You know, uh, child kidnapping, nothing. It's like they can't allow themselves to engage into any of this stuff because it's something that a lot of them didn't even realize that it was happening, that they never thought that, you know, that the city and state would do things like that and so forth and so on. So, therefore, they don't want to, you know, ingrain themselves into it because then that would take them away from everything that they're used to. And a lot of people are into having these conversations on silly, useless stuff, like what's going on in the movies, what's going on in television, what's going on in the entertainment business, what's going on and stuff like that. But when it comes down to what's going on within themselves, there's nothing there because they don't look at themselves and say, okay, what can I do to help myself? And sometimes I'll tell people, you know, say, well, I'm having issues with this. I'm having issues with that. Let me say, have you ever done a self-evaluation on yourself? Well, what's that? I said, go back into your life to where you have been up until now and go back and address the things that have happened to you. And then ask yourself, was it your imagination or did these things actually happen? But at some point in time, you can't take that with you because you'll never be able to move forward. You have to learn how to start letting stuff go, but you can't do it until you go back and address it. So it's things like that that people have issues with. They don't want to go back into their past because they would rather, for some reason, hold on to the anger, hold on to the hate, not realizing that it's keeping them stuck in those areas and they can't understand why they still are the way they are.
2: Love that. <laughs> yeah wow, yes, it's uh, quite an interesting uh world with this new perspective um I posted up actually this afternoon uh just another little short thing um perspective is your experience stay aware of this because that's a really true realisation, recognition to know that whatever way you see stuff, it's the same as the belief thing, isn't it? That's what's created, that's what occurs in your life. If you think, oh, flipping back, uh, my life's a disaster, well, what's going to happen? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of made, a, I suppose you could call it a mistake today, coming home on my bike. Um, but with my knowing I'm always all right, I was okay. Um, there's one traffic light where I really do have to stop. I either have to go with the traffic and then go with the lights and there's three freaking lanes. And I have to go across the three lanes to turn left. So what I do is at the crossroads instead of staying right, and going, I, I stop at the light. And I turn right and I go on the, on the sidewalk once I've crossed over. And I go the rest of the way home on the sidewalk. Well, I was stopping at the lights. And I am sitting there and there was just nothing happening. So I decided I would, I mean, in my bike, I always go through the red lights. So I went across and there, there was cars stopped here. And I hadn't registered that they were the left turners and they were stopping the red light. I didn't see anything else moving. So I went across. Well, the next thing I get past the ones that were stopping, waiting to turn left. And there's like a bunch of traffic coming towards me <laughs> going across the red light. And I'm like, Oh shit. So my reactions are really good. So I kind of braked and let that one go by. And then there's a like another one. I don't even know what happened, but I kind of uh, veered away from it and I kind of go right and it, it kind of honked at me and I just kept going. And I was fine, I got to the other side. But a lot of people would have been like freaking out at that. And I was like, well, I'm all right, I'm fine. Everybody's all right, everything's okay. <laughs> okay. But if I'd been the sort of person, I suppose if I'd been the sort of person that's sort of nervous, I wouldn't have done that in the first place anyway. But just because of the way I am about everything to do with my physical well-being i just know i'm what was all right and even if i have a close call like that it doesn't really phase me anymore i just like oh well i i won't do that again but and i'm all right and everything's okay it's that perspective that everything's okay so why go on about it and it was quite interesting because i mean I think it was kind of quite close but i got to the other side and i'm going along the sidewalk. Heard, well That wasn't really that clever, but I'm okay. Everything's okay. Everybody else is okay, so everything's fine. It's perspective, you know. If I'd been like, "Ah," and or you know, if I'd been that sort, I just just a different perspective that could have had a different result. That's basically what I'm trying to say. So, hi.
1: You one from inside?
2: Yes. Yeah. It's all good. Everything's from inside, isn't it? Like um, that whole feeling about life. If if you see life as a disaster, it's a disaster. If you see life as always having a new challenge, but it helps you grow, that's the way. You know. Think everything except these braces
4: here. Oh, you just hear feet making all the. And then I. um...
0: Hey. Hey. Hi there. Oh, shit. We didn't mute. That's my fault. Hello, lovies. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Airbrain.
4: Welcome, Airbrain. Hello. Hello.
0: Hello, hello. Okay.
4: Well, we'll go away. I'm going to get the speaker, plug in, and all that. I, I, please, uh, everyone. It is perfect. This is how you butt in.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, now we know you're okay. right. Yes. Jolly good. Just called it all righty cool muting awesome.
4: muting on our end
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, he's right though it's it is from within and you know here's another really good story i mean i don't know how many people have heard this story but um it's very much that quote i don't know who actually said it but whether it's uh, it's attributed to henry ford i think whether you say i can or whether you say i can't you're right and that is a really for me a very true one because i i decided to test that one out and um i've been riding a bike for the last um 17 years now pretty kind of you know frequently and uh back in 2010 i'd gone to visit i, I was back and forth into jamaica in those days and my friend renee um she's my Jamaican friend who lives over here in Florida. And she's got a Jamaican friend who does this bike ride across Jamaica every year for charity. And they, they go from um, Kingston, which is on the South East end of the Island across the mountain to Negril, which is on the far West end of the Island. It's like 140 plus miles, depending on which way they go. It can be 160 plus. And um, they were talking about this and my friend Renee said to me, Hey, Jerry, you can do that ride. You should go on it. And I'm like, don't be silly. I could never do that. And at that point, I really honestly, I used to go like 20 miles, 30 miles. I'd once done 56 miles in a day. That was the most I'd ever done in my entire life. And I said, I can never do that. So that was that. And then a, a few days later, before we left Jamaica, we were there again. And her friend was talking about going on the bike ride. And, and again, she said to me, you, should, you, you could do that. You could. I said, I, I could never do that. And that was that. My choice, my belief was I could never do that. So then um, a few months passed, and it was um, late winter. This was, yeah, because that had been 2009. This was late winter 2010. So we're getting into like March of 2010. And my friend Ash was out running in the winter, in the cold weather. And I'm like, Ash. How do you do that? How do you make yourself go out and run around in the bloody winter? It's freezing. I mean, I was like, like looking after horses and stuff. But, and she said, well, you know, I'm going to do a half marathon in, in uh, April, she said. And if I don't train for this, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do it. So I have to go out. And I was like, that's really great. I, I could do with a, a goal like that. And I'm like, oh, what about that bike ride? I said, I could never do. At this point, I was starting to learn more and more about, you know, our beliefs and our things we focus on. So I said, yeah, I could do with a challenge like that. And I'm like, well, what about bike ride? I said to myself, I said, well, if, if I say I can't, I can't. But what if I say I can? What if I say I can ride my bike 160 miles in one day, even though I've never done it before? And even though I'm 40, I was, I was, just, I was, I was just about to be 49 that, that time. So I said, you know what? I can do that. If I train, I can do that so I started training that spring as soon as it got warm enough to ride my bike I mean I was walking through the snow a lot and I was riding the horses and you know doing the general work but I got on my bike and I was I was able to ride 25 miles you know easily enough in a day so the first kind of you know when I got started training I went 25 miles on my bike one day a week and then I a couple other days I do a couple of shorter rides up some steep hills and stuff trying to get myself strong. The next week I did 30 miles. The next week I did 35. The next week I did 40. The next week I did 45. The next week I did 50. With doing in between um, some short, shorter rides, strength rides up steep hills, stuff like that. And then I got to um, July and Ash had found this 100 mile ride. So we went up to Burlington in Vermont to do 100 miles. And we did the 100 miles. She did it with me. And then I kept training, and come that October, which was when this famous ride was to be, I went to Jamaica, took my bike to Jamaica, and I arrived at Kingston a couple of days before the ride, and I got up bright and early that morning of the ride, and I went to the start of the ride, and I rode my bike 166 miles, actually it was probably a little bit more because we had to ride to the start as well, uh, in one day. And I had uh, thought, well, you know what, if I can do the ride 166 miles if I can do it say 12 hours on the bike 14 hours total including the stops I'd be happy well I gotta tell you they kept me in the pack of this ride and they were they were the they're all pretty much all men there was like two other three other women they had like 20 years on me um, but they did kind of keep me in the pack, and I wasn't used to this sort of riding because um, once we'd gone over the mountain, which actually turned out to be not too bad, I'd trained. It was five miles uphill to get onto this um, up this mountain, and that the other side was great. Um, and my friend Renee, she came with me. She came on a, in the car as my kind of backup team, and I got to the top of the mountain. She said, "Oh, how was it? How was it? How was it?" I was like, "Actually, not too bad." So I'd I'd survived that and I'd gone down the other side. Then we get onto the north coast of Jamaica and it's like 90 degrees and we still had another good 100 miles to go. So it was kind of hard going to keep going, going, going because I was just riding up hills and down the other side and taking a break. But it was like, go, go, go all the time. And it was tough. We stopped a few times. So then we got to the last stop. It was maybe 25 miles to go. And I was kind of last in. I took a break and I try and catch up with them and I did for a bit and then I kind of lagged behind and then I stopped and thought shit I can't do this fucking 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 I got off the bike and I took a break and I kind of beat myself up a bit and then I'm like stop I'm just going to take a proper break but you know what I can finish this so I took a proper break I nourished myself I got back on my bike I took my fucking helmet off because I I hate wearing a helmet and they were all gone by then. I was nothing to do with the riding. I thought, Oh fuck that shit. I put my iPad on. I've got my music going that I was used to riding with. that I trained with the whole way and I boogied the whole rest of it in 25 miles. And I'm riding into Nagril, which was the finishing town. And I'm looking at my little bike computer and I'm like, wait, wait, I've been going. It only, um, it only would register the length of time I'm riding the bike. And I'm looking at it and I had reckoned, you know, it would take me 12 hours to to get there. And I'm looking at the thing, it said 10 point something hours. And I'm like, wait, not 14 hours, not 12 hours, 10 hours, 10 hours, 10 hours. I was elated. And you know what? All the other guys had their bikes in their trucks and they were going back to Kingston. And I was dead fucking last. But you know what? I did it. And I finished, and I finished fucking last, but I finished in 10 and a half hours at an average speed of 60 miles an hour. And I couldn't believe that I had done it. And I was so elated that it proved that I changed my mind from I could never do that to I did it and I did it better than I could ever have imagined I could have ever done it. And that for me was real proof of changing your mind and changing your belief. From I could never do it to I did it better than I'd ever imagined. So that, for me, really proved that whole premise of what you believe is what is. So that's my little story for today.
1: Excellent. <laughs> that's a good story, sister. I've heard, heard it, most of it, but always, each time you tell it, it's such a beam that comes out of you, the joy. And it, it's a really good illustration of what, you
2: went through to understand Kath and Hannah. I was so thrilled, yes, and a, and a, and a physical accomplishment, um, and you know, at an age a lot of people wouldn't even consider starting that. You know, I was I was forty nine by the time I did that, and I, like I said, I was about one of I think there was two or three other women, and they easily had twenty years on me, and. Um, I was, yeah, I was very pleased with the ability to actually make a choice, make a decision and say, I can. And that it was really talk about proof of going from, I could never do that twice. I said, I could never do that. And then it was this whole thing about five miles up a hill, the whole way up this hill. I mean, it was a real mountain. But I just set myself in a zone that, you know what, I can do this. It's a long way up this hill, but you know what, if I just take it easy, I'll get up there. And I got to the top, and Renee's like, oh, how was it? How was it? I was like, not too bad. <laughs> you know, it's really cool. So, yeah, it's it, talk about mind over matter. I mean, we really can. This, like, translocation, I mean, you're going to be doing it. I know. So you kill that belief that I can't. once well, we're
1: that's all all Because if I'm feeling it and I'm one of 7 billion, many of us are going to be feeling it. I mean, it's why all of us have to do what we're doing in our own way to help the collective. You know? Yes. This is something I know we know how to do. We knew how to do.
2: Right. We've lost it. Right. They say, talk about you use it or lose it. That's a really another freaking true saying, And we've stopped using these abilities. The more
1: I the more I play with the feel, so I do have a feeling of Lucy. Did, did you ever watch?: oh, Yeah,
2: I did. That was brilliant that movie. Yes.
1: So it, it's what' starting to feel like that you can just you know shift it. Yeah, put what you need from it and put out what you don't need. And that is the, the way of life is a give give and take, give and take,
3: give and take.:
2: Yes, give and take, keeping the flow. You know, when you can, and that's another thing about this whole, like we were talking about contribution and, and all of that that, that, that exchange, all that stuff. It's about, you can't ever have stuff just going in one direction. If you're giving, 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 always taking, 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 that's when things get stagnant, they get stuck. Yep. And I've talked about that a lot about keeping that flow going. Um, I found it just so imperative in this world that we have to keep the flow going when the flow is moving. See, when we get to this inflowment that we are giving, we're sharing, we're helping each other. We're all helping. I'm helping you. You're helping someone else. That someone else is helping someone else. It comes around in a massive circle. It, really, it just is going the whole time. But if you're the one that's just like, oh, yeah, I love that, I love that, oh, thanks, I love that, I love that too, and thanks, I love that, and that, and that, suddenly boom you're stuck in fucking stasis because it, you might be able to take, take, take for a while, but then one day it will be like, I oh, no, See ya. Yeah. Same Energy will not, universe will not allow that for forever. I mean, there's going to be time when you need to be the one that's receiving the help. Yeah. But when it continues for too long and you're not getting it going that
1: way, so and yeah, it's, the irony for me it's such a joy that I have had the experiences I've had because although I have very little, uh, I have I'm able to help my roommates—one who has a full-time job and one who is working in the system—and it's just like—and then it comes back, of course. But it's just that that I've had to prune down so much; I don't have too many consumptions
2: need
1: right i don't need a wardrobe i just need some warm clothes cozy clothes you know what i got one dance dress and i'm thrilled with my dance <laughs> uh, it's just a it's just a dress but it's really nice and and that's all you really need you don't need clothes. right and uh and if you think you need a lot of different clothing or shoes or whatever it is that we've been caught into or <laughs> Why buy anything new? Hmm.
2: Right, you
1: yes. Very well. Although I really I meant to look up uh, um, oh Utop- utopian shoes, it, the uh, hemp shoes. Because uh, I'd love to learn how to make those. It seems like that would be some fun to be able to I mean, Anything you can make that's practical. To me, is such a joy. It's like, wow, I can help somebody's feet get warm or their head get warm or their arms get warm. Or It's it's fun to make things. Did you want to jump in, uh, Bird or Eagle, as you're online for some reason?
2: Yeah, it's funny how that pops up. It usually is when somebody's opened their mic, but uh, <coughs> maybe not. Oh, I've got somebody. Coffee is spluttering here. It's Mr. Rufus. He's all right. <laughs> my little room buddies i got a really cool picture of them the other day oh, yeah. did you see it their yeah. little butts um they were lying here by the they would lying there just now by just by my door and the two of them were lying sort of back to back and they were just almost like symmetrical it was such a they were just so cute it's like a picture of them then i had the two cats around on my bed the same bed um, they're just such a lovely little group of um, friend, furry friends. They really yeah, are my for good buddies.
1: part of the evening, the car was. Uh fixing his head and yes
2: uh, he and rubs he, he comes he, he actually insists so i have to he starts rubbing his head on mine because i'm sitting here i've got my little low chair and this is, this is the bed so he gets on the bed and he starts rubbing my head and he, he insists and we have like head rubbing so he's he's very cool he's very cool and then little miss peanut comes in and she's like full of gorgeous energy they're just uh, i just love having them around yeah it's really cool but do do um show up here anytime you choose. That the 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 animals the horses might get a bit kind of like surprised. But the, yeah, the you can show up here anytime you like. <laughs>
1: you might find me in your bag or have cases.
2: Yeah, if you're a bit chilly, if you're a bit cold with your cold weather up there, it's lovely and warm here. So <laughs> oh yeah, I can do it the you're like, oh it's hot. <laughs> so Actually, yeah, it, was, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's really exciting that you're working on that. It really is. It's really cool. So, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And I think it, it helps, especially as Bindi was ready for me to do that with her. So, yeah. you know, just to alert each other, like you know now that I may sit here. And then just connect and see did you feel anything yeah. of because you know it, 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 there's still cards to you and I bet you there are some who already know how to do it really well
2: absolutely yeah yeah you
1: pick up that stream it's all there the knowledge is all in the universe
2: that's right
1: for us to just
2: well that's what Anastasia talks about right that you just can connect to. i actually um I've got the first book and I lean at least half of the second book I've actually got. In audio a few years ago, somebody had managed to convert it with like one of those, um, uh, robot um, but I only got the first book and a half, um, before somebody got t- taken down, but I just was listening to it, and It's brilliant to, to listen to how, uh, how she, you know, connects and what she knows and all that stuff. Those are all those abilities we've, we've let go. We've lost, Use him or lose him and we lost him but she didn't lose her she's got all of her so that's where we can get back to if we
1: and I, I do believe our dna is changing i do believe we can work with ourselves i am and you are and so many people are and what we call it as long as we're willing to look at ourselves and just say okay what am i doing how can i benefit more people and what are my actions doing to myself and to others? And and,
2: and, and dog got my microphone.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, also that we all have frequency energy within ourselves, and we all, at some point in time, when we remember that we have energy within our hands that can help us when we feel as though, as if there's some area on us that needs help, that there are ways that all you have to do, number one is there's different ways that you can do it, but if you rub your hands together and get that energy flowing, and then open up your hands and spread your hands out and bring them back in together, you can feel, all that energy in your hands and in your fingertips and all that is your energy and that's healing energy. But If you have areas within your body or on your body that are giving you issues, once you do that, you place that on those areas and you focus on those hands and that energy in your hands healing those areas that are giving you problems. And I think a lot of times what happens is that we forget That we are energy and when you rub those hands together and you open and spread and feel you can feel that ball in between your hands and you just take that in places where it's needed same thing like with qigong qigong is another healing modality that is excellent for healing yourself and others as well so it's just something that we have to Remember, and I think what happens to a lot of people when they are in pain or sometimes they get sick, fear kicks in and they forget everything that they know that they can do for themselves. Oh, I got to go to the doctor. I got to go to the doctor. There's no need to go to the doctor. Work on yourself. Self can help heal self. You just have to remember that self can heal self.
1: Most important thing to remember. Yeah. Wow. Well, we didn't think we'd have any conversations today, Jolly, but we got right to 8 o'clock anyway. 8 o'clock my time. This is great. (laughs) Do you want to invite anybody else to join us, or are you ready? How are you doing, Jolly? I know you were saying. Can you hear me, Jolly? No, I can't. (laughs)
3: lotus i can hear you okay yeah okay
1: so is there anybody we is now a uh, half hour before the end of the show does anybody else want to jump in and share a story
2: with us yeah i was muted and then my computer went not responding so i couldn't unmute Oh, okay good I'm just... so today i'm like, i'm going to share this um it's this uh poem came back into my awareness that i posted a while back so i put it up it's about who I am. It's what is it called? Who am I? This one. So it goes like this. I am love. I am me. I am on my path. I am full of enthusiasm. Sometimes I am daft. I am lively. I am jolly. And I love to have fun. I am on a new adventure. An important one. I see. I see through the fear. I know it's not real. I know that it's something that only, that I only feel when I allow it, but love's the way to go. Using love instead of fear helps me to stay in flow. I'm a traveler, a sojourner through this time and space. I take my time to observe. I know it's not a race. Each day I know that I create that which I focus on. I feel it happening within as I dance and sing my song. Life is good. I make it mine. I love to skip and play. I interact with my friends, some new ones every day. I love my life. I'm in my heart. It is quite the trip. Creating stuff, moving along, makes me hop and skip. So that's kind of a jolly one, isn't it? It is. is. (laughs) So um, yeah, if anyone's got anything left to share, um, jump in now. Otherwise, I'm going to play one of our Favorite tunes that we haven't banned from ourselves today, and that's about breathing because you reminded us about that today, Libby.
1: Oh, yay! I love that one.
2: Yeah, that's a really lovely song. So, um, but meanwhile, yes, hey,
4: hey, Eagle Bird here, yeah, and our our friend, our friend Jared and Tommy, obviously, listening in. Yay, saying hey, this is the uh, I guess the formal. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey. What's up?
0: Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Really
4: good. Really well. I took a couple naps today with Tommy on the... Uh, nice. On yeah. her little uh, bed mat. Uh, the sun came out and it warmed up. And then the sun went away because the clouds came on. And then, the, and then vice versa and back and forth all... You know, pretty much until now. And uh, I've been making some chairs.
2: Nice. For some people.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Nice to do that. Yeah. Cool.
4: That's it. That's it. Let's play our song.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, lovely to hear your voice and lovely to hear about all you guys and, and about Tommy, because she's just a beautiful thing. I was thinking about you guys and her today, actually, about what a, a lovely family you are and what beautiful energy comes and uh she just came into my mind today actually miss tommy because she's such a beautiful soul so yeah glad to hear glad to hear from you guys mirror mirror
4: mirror, yeah. mirror and mirror and mirror yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah we're kind of like skipping out a little bit short today just because you know it gets to the point when there's no, no stories to share but I think we did a pretty good job Libby did some wonderful sharing and so did uh Lotus and the recording will be up as always so um yeah it's uh it's all good stuff all yay, good
0: stuff.
2: yay. <laughs> love all of you and always will and um I'm really glad that uh you know we've been able to hang out here but uh it's uh it's all good.
1: Thank you, Jolly. Love you, Lotus, love you, everybody. I love you and
3: Oh, you're welcome and thank you. And love you, you.
1: Oh. all.
0: <laughs>
4: Quiet of a shadow In the corner of a room Darkness moves upon you Like a cloud across the moon You're aware in all the silence Of a constant that will tell. At the windmill left is autumn, or the sun forever burns. So don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to breathe. all life is here, no eleventh hour reprieve. So don't forget to breathe. Keep your head above water, but don't forget to breathe. And all the suffering that you've witnessed... And the handprints on the world They remind you how it's endless How endlessly you fall Then the answer that you're seeking For the question that you've found Drives you further to confusion As you lose your sounds of ground. So don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to breathe. Our life is here. No 11th hour of So don't forget to breathe. Keep your head above water. Don't forget to breathe (laughs) Don't forget to breathe Don't forget to breathe You know you are here, but you find you want to leave. So don't forget to breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe, just breathe, just breathe, just
0: breathe.